is a word that we're hearing a lot these days coming out of Washington, economists, newspapers talk about it, the word recession. We're dealing with this for a very special reason. Because consciousness being what it is, we tend to absorb these vibrations from the world around us. It's important that we condition ourselves to think for ourselves hit the tone of our own life. Your prosperity is not dependent upon the world around you, though it may come through that channel. The tone of your prosperity is set in your own consciousness, by your thoughts and feelings. It's so important that we know this. When there's a tendency to allow people and conditions, economists and economic indicators, to decide how you're going to think and feel and act that you can think and feel as you want, on your own. We're using the word recession also as a metaphor for any kind of financial difficulty, problem that we have in our lives. You can be free from this tendency by certain techniques, certain attitudes, certain ideas that we're dealing with in these weeks together. Today we're going to talk about faith. There's no more important spiritual factor than faith when you're trying to keep yourself in the consciousness of substance. I want to challenge you to a deeper attitude of faith. It can be harnessed to establish you in a satisfying prosperity stability. So often someone says, just have faith. Everything will be all right. But in a sense, that's kind of meaningless if you have a complex of having no faith. People often say, I don't have any faith. I'm not a very believing person. There's no such thing as a lack of faith. Faith is as natural to you as breathing. The proper question, what are you believing in? In other words, fear is faith, in a sense. Fear is faith that something negative is about to happen. Worry is faith. Insecurity is faith. You're believing, but believing in the wrong things. So faith is not something that you're going to find somewhere, something you're going to receive at the end of a course of study. As Paul says, faith is the free gift of God, which all persons have, but only a few use rightly. Faith is normally the sole property of religion, which is usually a blind acceptance of a creed on confession of faith. The little boy says, confusion of faith. You recite a lot of I believe statements, you become one of the believers. So I may ask you sometime, what is your faith? I mean, what is your religion? What is your persuasion? Normally faith, in this sense, is a package of custom-made convictions. The idea of conversion, usually giving up one set of cliches and accepting in total another set. It's so much a part of our religious life. I was speaking for a youth group in a Protestant church some years ago. It was sort of an exchange of religions, and I was there to represent something different from the one they believed. Finally, a girl asked me, what do you believe about that? And she pointed out some doctrinal point that was very important to them. I turned it back to her, and I said, what do you believe? She turned to an assistant minister in the rear of the auditorium. 
said, Reverend, what do we believe about that? <laughs> Believing is personal, not collective. We don't we believe anything. I believe. I accept. I'm in tune with. Jesus used the phrase, to him that believeth. Normally presumed to mean believing in God. The religion of many persons consists purely in believing in God. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. What does that mean? How do you believe in God? What is God? Where is God? What does my belief in this something have to do with my life? I've often said, you've heard me say it, that the important thing is not to believe in God, but to believe from God. God is the ground of our being, the essence in which we live and move and have our being. God is all life, all substance, all intelligence, present, not absent, present at the heart of me. Believing must come from that. We tend to believe in God, usually believing in the God that's up there somewhere, something outside of us. When we believe in God in this sense, you're casting your burden on God, as the old traditionalists say, cast your burden on the Lord. You're expecting God to do something for you, to work his miracle for you. We've all had that in our consciousness. It has to change. God doesn't do things for you. God works through you, from within and out. We think of God out here to expect to do it, and we procrastinate. Say, well, when he, when he gets around to it, he'll take care of it. In the meantime, I'll just go as I am. So when I get the idea of believing from God, the awareness that we live in God, Genesis says, in the beginning, Resheth Elohim, in the beginning, God. In principle, God. Begin with the principle. The ever-presence, all-knowing, all-sufficient of God in whom we live and move and have our being. There's a God potential that is ever within you. So faith is not reaching for something or someone out there. It's turning on something from within. You want to get that vision of believing in something, believing from something. Like the first space scientists, they did not reach out into the universe for, uh, and hope for help. They based their efforts on the principles, gravity and inertia, to consider two. Gravity and inertia is primarily responsible in the orbiting of a satellite. Beginning with the premise of universal power, they did not just believe in these principles, they believed from them. Their believing became a projection of energy, of understanding, and power, and creativity. Proceeded to create rocketry and space vehicles. There's a question that we might ask ourselves. Does faith in God make God work for you? Most of us in our traditional past would say, yes. I believe in God, and God does something for me. Is it the action of God working in you that gives you faith? The activity of this divine intelligence, this presence within you, the Father within who knows whatever you have need of, it gives you the faith. Faith is born in this. There can never be a limitation of this power. The power within to do all things is always within you. There can never be any lack of it. There can only be a limitation 
of the awareness of it. So your faith does not make God work, nor does it release some magic power. Your faith simply turns on the divine power that is always present. The whole of divine life, substance, and intelligence is centered within you. There's nothing you can add to it or take away from it. And the centering is the same in all persons, leading to the shocking thought that the universe was no more centered in Jesus than in you and me. That is a shock, I'm sure, to some. If you think of Jesus as being much more centered in the power. Jesus was centered in various levels, uh, centered in the realization of the allness of God. We're centered in various levels of limitation. He said that you can do all things that he did if you believe, if you center yourself in the creative flow, as he was always so centered. This suggests an excellent definition for faith. Consciousness centered in the universal source. Consciousness centered in the universal source. Overzealous teachers and writers have talked about the magic of believing, miracle works of faith. This is misleading. Nothing magic about faith at all. No possibility that faith can work magic. Faith deals with law, not caprice. God is the omnipresent force of life and intelligence that must act. It can't help itself. And we create the conditions that make the result inevitable. A good example of that is a rheostat. You may have one in your dining room at home to dim the lights. The rheostat they use here in the auditorium to dim the lights, and increase the lights. You turn it down and create soft lighting, you turn it up to have more light and power. It's not a miracle. Nobody's waving a wand, making something magic happen. The power is there all the time. So in this sense, faith tunes in on to and turns on a power that is ever-present. A turned-down rheostat symbolically is faith in lack. Turned-up rheostat is faith in affluence. You always have the power to turn your faith up or turn it down, and we do it all the time. In most cases, our faith is turned so low, down so low, we're not aware of it being there at all. There's no lack of faith in any person, and a lack of the willingness to let your light shine, to turn it up, to increase the power. When faith is turned up to its highest, you project this energy force, this allness of spirit, and it goes forth as a means of contacting life and conditions and people in the highest possible level. And it becomes a tremendous power of accomplishment. Dr. J. A. Hadfield, a British psychologist, conducted some tests intended to prove the power of suggestion, which actually demonstrated the great potential within every person. They used a dynamometer, a device for measuring the power of the human grip. In normal consciousness, the average grip it's about 101 pounds. Under hypnotic suggestion of weakness, the person who told how weak he was, he suggested to him under hypnosis, you're weak, you don't have the power to do anything, you can already hold your hands up. In this suggestion of weakness, the grip was tested at about 28 pounds average. Under hypnotic suggestion of strength, when a person is told how strong he is, he has tremendous power, the average grip was 142 pounds. Nothing was changed in the person. There's no more power in him, no more energy. But through suggestion, he was able to turn up the wrist at and feel a great, great deal more power.
And suppose each person, knowing that he could not grip more than 101 pounds, faced a desperate need, an emergency, to lift 135 pounds, we'll say. In three-dimensional consciousness, he would probably say, I can't. There's no way I can do it. I can't lift that very much. I can only lift 100 pounds. No way I can lift 135 or 140 pounds. The interesting thing is, when somehow he builds up his awareness, his faith, increase the release of the energy that is always present. And it's amazing that some of the tremendous feats that have been accomplished. I remember hearing, reading in Time magazine, I remember when it was, it was the year 1960 because I was in England and I was reading a European edition of the Herald Tribune. In the Time magazine, I should say. There was an article in the back of the Time magazine talking about a woman in Florida who lived in a rural farmhouse. And the nearest neighbors were about half a mile away. She was home alone except for her young son. He was out in the front yard with his car up on blocks underneath working on the car. The mother was sitting on the front porch. She was recuperating from a very serious illness, an operation. She was in a very weakened condition. As she sat and watched, suddenly the car over her son lurched and fell, trapping him, pinning him to the ground. He called for help. The very life breath was being squeezed out of him. There was no one for help, around to help. The husband had gone to town. The wife was the only one there. She picked herself up from the sitting where she was sitting, very slowly, very weakly walked down toward the car, stooped and braced herself, lifted the car off the sun. He rode out to safety, and then the car crashed down. She fell in a heap, fainted. The upside of it was the doctor was called later. There's nothing really wrong with her. She was just exhausted. The doctor said, I only wonder how far she'd been able to lift the car if she'd been strong. There are many stories like this, and you've had experiences like that yourself, relatively. The power is tremendous, and I sure we must say there's no limit, because we're in tune with the whole universe. We're a channel for its dynamic power unfolding. It depends on our faith. What can you believe in? It's so important that we dissolve and eliminate this whole idea of believing in God out there to do something for us. That's the procrastinate. That's to put it off. God out there doesn't do things for you. God is present as you. The allness of the universe is present within you. There's no limit to what man can do. The limit is only his faith, his acceptance. Most of us go through life Rather than be holding a tin cup under the Niagara of God's plenty. We have what may, be, what may be called a small fry expectancy. This may manifest in some persons as a string-saving, make-do, can't-afford-it habit. It leads to what I call marginal living. Jesus gave us a tremendous example. But Jesus wasn't acting under a special dispensation of power. This has been our belief.
We miss the whole idea of his teaching and of his life demonstration if we believe that. Jesus had no special power. He specialized his powers. That's the difference. He's no more centered in God than we are, but he was centered in the consciousness of God and kept that centering. But it's starting you to imagine that when Jesus began to realize his divinity in the experiment with faith, and he had doubts about his ability to do things that his heart proposed. It shock you to think of Jesus as having doubts. Jesus was unlike each of, each of us. He started from a particular point. He progressed. He grew. He expanded his awareness. Increased his faith. So he became a channel for the complete essence of universal power. Can you imagine that Jesus was faced with certain conditions early in his life? He would say, I can't do that. Imagine feeding 5,000 people. I wouldn't know how. Is it hard for you to believe that early in life Jesus had the same difficulties that we do, the same obstructions in his mind? Remember he said, I have overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Doesn't that indicate that he had some, something to overcome? We need to see that. It's important. Because I think we missed the whole meaning of Jesus' life and the real dynamics of his teaching unless we see that possibility. He didn't say, I'm more divine than you. He said, in effect, I've overcome the world. All that I have done is an example of an adventure that you may take with the same assurance of success. This is the way it is. Prove it for yourself. Stir up the gift of God within you. Walk by faith and not by sight. You may make a statement of, in a bold treatment and affirmation, a statement of faith for some good in your life. We need to make a commitment to move from one state of consciousness to another. Without this commitment, we lack the key to open the door. You may take a stand on faith superficially and say, I believe in God. I believe God will work this out for me. But your faith is something you're doing rather than what you are. Faith is not a doing. It's an accepting, a letting. Under cosmic law, when we have a need, there's an answer already moving toward us. Before we even formulate a desire in mind, it is God in us that desires. Before we have an urge to do a thing, there's a movement of spirit in us prompting us in that direction. Before they call, I will answer, we're told. So faith is really our consent to let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done. Let the creative intention manifest in us. Faith is a perceiving power of the mind, along with the power to form and shape substance. Think about this, the perceiving power. Faith is a perception. It enables you to see things not as they are, but as they can be. This is a factor of faith that is so helpful. It is not simply an abstract idea. Faith is a perceiving power that enables you to see people and what they can be. Maybe you have real faith in a person. If your faith is coming from that inner depth of your own awareness of God, you see beyond the appearances. You can see his potential. You can see his possibilities. You can see his beauty, his strength, beyond all to the contrary. When you have faith in people in this way, you become an actual catalyst for releasing the greater potential within them. Many of us have explored this, but we haven't touched the potential of, of helping people. 
if there's a person in your life that you're concerned about that's not living up to his fullness, his possibilities, he's limiting himself and feels around him, he's living a frustrated life, by believing in him, believing from the consciousness of God, your believing becomes a projection of spiritual energy, a perception that sees the wholeness within him and becomes a means of forming and shaping that wholeness. You can have a tremendous influence over another person, especially when you love a child, an offspring, a parent, a spouse, a co-worker, an employer, an employee, by faith, harnessing the power that is potential within you. You have the power to see something in that person that no one else sees in the same way. By continually seeing that, working with him in this faith consciousness, you can actually become an influence in his life. You'll be measurable. Many of you have experienced this. None of us use it enough. Faith perception is a dynamic aspect of human consciousness. But see, the thing is, when we work in life, we're constantly trying to change things. We don't like things in people or in conditions. Sometimes we say under our breath or perhaps overtly, I'm going to straighten him out. We express all our energies toward trying to change the person in some way, making him what we think he should be, making him as we think the person in his life should be expressing. But the key is not to set things right, but to see them rightly. No matter what the condition is, the problem, you'll be very disturbed about what's going on in the world, or what's going on in your office, what's going on in your neighborhood. You may try to find ways of changing it outwardly. The politicians and civic officers try desperately to change the difficulties in our city, the crime in our streets. Obviously, there's much that can be done. We should not overlook the possibility every one of us can be an influence. Not by setting it right, but by seeing it rightly. Seeing the presence and the power of God everywhere present. As a protecting presence with people. As a guiding influence. And help to lift the consciousness of the whole. As I've often said, whether we know it or not, we're either on the side of the problem or on the side of the solution. There's very little in between. It may be that if you're seeing things as they are and reacting to them, resenting them, fearing them, worrying about them, arguing about them, projecting negative attitudes and feelings toward them, whether you know it or not, you're on the side of the problem. You're on the side of the darkness in the community. You're on the side of the difficulties. Even if you will, startling as it may seem, on the side of the crime. It's one or the other. Seek to set it right or see it rightly. If you're disturbed about something and you, you don't have to read the paper very much or listen to television very much before you have the tendency to be disturbed because there's so much to be disturbed about, it's important to know immediately. I'm going to begin with faith. Faith that believes in the allness of God that is present as a changing, harmonizing, protecting power. Also faith that perceives the dynamic potential of good that is present, looks for the good, expresses the good, directs the energy of creativity through this faith. 
one has to work on himself an awful lot because we live in the world. Jesus said, I'm in the world, but not of it. There's no way we can be aloof from the world and get in some fourth dimensional vehicle and move around, just make contact with the things we need, but be above it and away from it. You're in it. You go to work. You ride the subway or walk the streets. You're in this world. But Jesus said, you don't have to be of it. You can be off something else, something deeper that comes within you, that flows through you. Your faith is a vehicle through which this can happen. Harness your faith power. Take advantage of this tremendous possibility that's yours. We're told to walk by faith and not by sight. Doesn't mean to walk with your eyes covered. It means to walk in the consciousness of the allness of God present. And the ability for each of us to project that energy in creative and meaningful ways. It would be helpful if all of us could make commitment to practice this insight in faith. You'd have to work a little probably to correct the attitudes that are so deeply embedded within you of believing, believing in God, having faith. Always remember that you're believing from God. Your believing is based upon a fundamental principle, which is the root of your being. In this principle, there's a flow of divine essence, substance, love, life, creativity. You're a channel for it. When you have faith, rooted in the divine within you, you have faith from this consciousness. Your faith becomes a projection, almost like a searchlight that goes out from you. It has tremendous power. You can become an influence. At the same time, lift yourself to the greatest possibility that is yours. We seldom go through a day where we cross many situations that call for new ideas, new creativity, new ingenuity, new sense of overcoming power. The need to fulfill the, the greatest that's in you. In all cases, we can change our life by harnessing this inner power and having faith. Faith is a believing consciousness, a believer who is constantly involved in releasing and expressing this tremendous potential within us. A believing consciousness is the attitude of a success person. Especially as concerned your finances, your substance, your supply. If you're faced with this attitude of a recession that is falling on the world, that people will lose jobs, there will be a great down of business, stock market will fall, prices will go up, there will be shortages, the kind of conflicts that go round and round in the so-called recessionary tendency. You can recession-proof your life. You become impervious to these conditions. As the psalmist says, a thousand may fall to the right hand and ten thousand to the left. You think of this in terms of jobs or loss of money or the stock market going down, whatever. Ten thousand may fall to the left, ten thousand to the right. But shall not come nigh unto you, he said, to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Dwelling in the consciousness, the real source of all good, the source of all prosperity, the source of all substance, is within. In the other dimensional side of the universe, and the other dimensional side of you, the deep inner possibilities that are ever present with you, you're a channel for the expression. Become impervious to all these conditions. 
refuse to react negatively to things you hear or read. A very eminent economist would say, there's no doubt about it, we're in a great recession. You can say, that's what you think. If you want that in the world, fine. I believe from the consciousness of divine stability and prosperity and the flow of substance. I insist on this being the aura of my life. If you work in that consciousness, you not only be oblivious and impervious to the things going on out there, and your life will be orderly and prosperous and secure, but more than that, you'll be an influence to the economy as a whole. One thing that's been discovered, it's almost a metaphysical realization, but it's being believed to a wider and wider extent today. That is that the economy of a country and the condition of the stock market is very definitely the result of the attitudes and feelings of the people. If the consciousness of a group of people is high enough to keep a sense of entunement with the divine flow of substance, there could be no recession. And a recession, no matter what it may be, could be resolved and cured overnight, in an idealistic sense, if enough people would hold to the realization of oneness and the secure flow of substance, dealing with one another and life itself, believing from the consciousness of God. Whether that happens in the world around you, whether it happens in the economy of the nation of the world, let it happen in you. Your life can be secure. Your supply can be an even flow. Harness your faith. Act on faith as a perception. Seize the good, the best, the highest, the most potential in everything. And you will have an experience of freedom and fullness and prosperity. Let's be still for just a moment. It's so important that we utilize the tremendous potential of our mind. Each of us has a tremendous power of envision, imaging. We use it all the time, but we use it often negatively. We imagine all sorts of things that we don't want to happen, but we imagine them because we're worried about them. We're centered in the negative. Just for a moment, in stillness, just get the realization that you live in the security of God consciousness, the very ground of your being. Your life is built upon this consciousness of the activity of God. There's activity within you at the root of your being. Has no other goal for you except to fulfill itself in you, to lift you to the highest of your potential experience. The rising, lifting process, the upward pull of the divine in you. Just imagine yourself rooted in this fundamental principle. And then get the sense that, like the rear stand in the dining room, or the rear stand in the auditorium lights, you can turn the rear stand up, increase the power, have a greater sense of light, 
You can increase your faith. Faith coming out of this root of consciousness, which is limitless. Resource, which is endless. In this consciousness of an energy flowing through you, you can look out in your life as you do. Look at your job, the company for which you work, the prosperity and security of the, security, the community in which you live, the nation as a whole. The perceiving power forms and shapes the substance of good. Let this process work in you. Believe from this consciousness that you can say to yourself, with this image, I believe in prosperity. With this image, I believe in security. I believe in stability. I believe in wholeness. Make commitment now that you will hold to this idea of believing not in God, but from God. Wherever you are, whatever you may be doing, you can stir up this faith consciousness. Tremendous power creativity, and you're free from limitation, free to express the best and the highest that's in you, and draw forth the best and highest from all persons. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So be it.